Dave, will you open up the goddamn door? Yeah, Dave. Dave. Right, man, Dave. Now, will you open up the door? Dave's not here. Welcome back to the Salon Can Talk About Anything, episode 34. What? 34 episodes of Mostly Nonsense. I say welcome back because I just like to pretend that everybody that listens to the pod comes back next week. So if they discovered it last week, they come back, you know, this week. And if you're just discovering it now, you're going to come back next week. In which case, welcome to This Lawn Can Talk About Anything. Um, My name is Melanie with two L's, but you know that because the spelling of your name doesn't change from one week to another. (laughs) So... I don't have a guest this week. And the reason is um, I usually do guests on a biweekly basis for those of you who don't know. And for those of you who do know, this is a just a casual reminder. And I gave you two weeks worth of guests because unfortunately I didn't realize that my audio was on the fritz um, when I did the pod with Beckett. So I dropped the Chuck Como pod the following week, which... I've gotten so much positive feedback from so many simple plan fans who were just like amazed by some of the stuff that Chuck said. And that really warmed my heart. So I'm so glad that, um, that, that episode was a hit because Chuck is a very special part of, you know, my life. So I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way and say hello to my biggest fan, Bobby, because if I don't say it within like the first two minutes, he will like call me on the phone and be like, you didn't say hi to me like a child. He is married with children. You guys married with children. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So this week I was really like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about because sometimes I don't have any good ideas. And sometimes I think I have good ideas, but they're really not good ideas. And this might be one of them. I don't know. Um, So I asked, you know, for ideas on my Instagram and I got a lot of great ideas, but a lot of them are ideas that I already had and are already in the works or stuff that I couldn't make happen like right this second. And I don't feel like doing another, ask me anything or tell me about yourself. I'll do an, another one of those when we get to like episode 52. Okay. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Well, I guess this is a little bit about myself. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit about myself. Full disclosure at the time of this recording, it is 1227 AM and I haven't been sleeping much. So um, if I sound a little scatterbrained, that's why, but If I'm going to sound a little scatterbrained on a podcast, this is the one that's um, probably the most appropriate. So let me tell you what we're going to talk about. Um, Some of you know, because you've been following me forever, or some of you are my friends, you know that I used to work for um, Shelby Chong, who is the wife of Tommy Chong. And you guys always ask me questions about it. Um, Tommy Chong, of course, being the Chong and Chichen Chong. People always want to know like what it was like working for his wife and um, interacting with him and the, um, how shall I say, abandoned film project that I had um, started collaborating on with his daughter. Now, Tommy has a few daughters. So um, in the interest of, of being classy, I'm not going to 
uh, drop a name because I don't want to make anybody look bad because that's just not me. And I wouldn't want anybody to do it to me. So first of all, a lot of people are like, how did you end up with this kind of a job? Like, how did you meet Tommy Chong? Because I'm not a cannabis enthusiast. I have never been interested in, um, you know, marijuana for any purpose. I've just never cared for it. And this is not me condoning anyone who smokes marijuana. I mean, it's legal in Canada and California. And I mean, if it's legal in California, that's the only thing that matters because California is really the only place I care about. Um, but yeah, I just have never been interested in uh, consuming it. And if you listen to the episode where I talked about accidentally eating a pot candy and having to go for my driver's test, then you already know that meat and marijuana do not mix well. So finding myself in a position where I'm working with and interacting with, you know, Tommy Chong on a regular basis is very interesting <laughs> to, to so many people. So how that came about, um, it's a very, very strange story. So as you all know, I'm an actress and, you know, some years ago I was living in Ottawa and Ontario, which is like, you know, nowhere USA, but in Canada, um, actually it's the capital of Canada, but it's like a government town where people think that the only jobs that you can have are, you know, political jobs or like desk jobs, nothing fun, nothing really artsy. It's just not really an artsy place. Um, and I really wanted to pursue acting. So I moved to Toronto, which is, you know, Hollywood North, um, to pursue my career. And I went to look at a house and, uh, I met Tommy's daughter there because she was the landlady who owned that house. And I didn't end up renting her house because it was just a little bit too small for like all my stuff. Um, for those of you who don't know, I have like a solid 250 pairs of unworn shoes and I own like 125 pairs of sunglasses. So I need space. And it was just a little bit too small for me, but she was like super nice. And, and, um, you know, I never, we didn't keep in touch obviously, because who keeps in touch with people that they, you know, don't rent places from, but she was a super nice uh, person and it was a super fun engagement. So like fast forward couple of years. And, um, I had been doing, um, like tons of PR for James Maslow of big time rush. Um, when he did dancing with the stars, because he was partnered with, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Peter Murgatroyd, who is a incredible dancer, amazing woman, mom, human being, and a great friend of mine. So the following season, she was partnered with Tommy Chong and she asked me to continue, you know, running um, like a support page to get fans to sort of vote and stuff like that. And that was a lot of fun because, you know, PETA uh, signed a bunch of autographs and, and had Tommy sign them. So I was able to give stuff away to uh, fans who voted X amount of times and things like that. And that's how um, I got into this whole Tommy Chong thing. And uh, one day I got this message on the uh the page that was, you know, for the dancing with a star show from the woman who I was going to rent the house from. And she was like, thank you so much for everything that you do for my dad. And I was like, wait a minute. I like, I know this name. And then I asked her about it and she was like, oh my God, like, I totally remember you. And she asked me to meet for coffee. Uh, so I was like, cool. 
what let's meet for coffee. And we did. And we sat down and we started talking and she had this idea to make a movie about my life, which is interesting because this is, you know, totally off topic. And it's, it's a story for another podcast. <laughs> there was a point where I created, you know, a, a fake life on social media because I was so unhappy with the life I had when I was like, you know, 15, 16 on, you know, the MySpace. I mean, I used my own pictures. I wasn't catfishing or anything, but I was doing things like pretending that I was Robert Shapiro's daughter. And I'm definitely not Robert Shapiro's daughter. Um, but you know, just to get people to engage with me because the engagement that I was, um, having at the time was, um, it didn't really mesh well with myself and what I was trying to do, which was get the fuck out of my hometown and go somewhere and do something. So I created a fake life and I didn't live it, but I did live it online. And precious thought that, whoops, I just said her name. Beep, beep. You didn't hear that. Beep. Um, you know, she thought that it would be a good idea to write a movie about, um, a girl who, you know, creates this fake life because she's so unhappy with her own and how, um, a certain celebrity, which in this case was Christina Aguilera could pull her out of that, you know, dark place and into the light and into a world again, where she was living as herself and not living on the internet, which, I don't do anymore. (laughs) I mean, I love social media, but I don't, I don't fake my life because it's just silly. So we agreed that we were going to make this film together. And so I went out to LA and she thought that her mother, her mother needed a, you know, a publicist. So she said, why don't you go to my parents' house and meet my parents and talk to my mom and we'll see. So I did, I went to their house with my friend the right after we went to the um, Beverly Hills police station to pick up her wallet, which she had dropped in the storm drain, like the day before, um, <laughs> bit of a nightmare. You know, she came from, uh, Evansville, Indiana and LA was a bit big for her. And, and she was really, you know, full of nerves. So that wallet thing is probably another, <laughs> another episode that I, that I'll put out one of these days. Um, so I went to Tommy's house and I, you know, I sat down with his wife and we had a, a conversation and um, she decided that she want to hire me as a, you know, a PR person. And we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> so Tommy was obviously there and could not have been a nicer man. And I still, I can't stress enough. I have all the love and respect in the world for Tommy Chong, regardless of what I'm about to tell you next. <laughs> so Tommy was like, Hey, do you want to come in the garage and smoke a joint? And I was like, no, no, I don't smoke. I'm sorry. I don't smoke. And he was like, come on. How many people can say that, that they smoked a, a joint with t- Tommy Chong? And I was like, yeah, but like, this is not a dream of mine. Like that's just not, so I was not, you know, I, I, just, I didn't want to do it and I didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't push it on me after that. Um, he did send me home with like a whole bunch of like signed Chong rolling papers to, to give out. And, um, that was really interesting when I got back to Canada and that I got pulled over to uh, have my suitcase, uh, looked at <laughs> that happens to me almost every time I travel. And it's because apparently they told me it's because I look suspicious. I don't know how, like, 
a little short blonde girl looks suspicious, but I, I guess I do. I don't know. Um, so I didn't end up smoking with him. And then, and then I ended up starting to work for his wife and working on the film project with his daughter. So some people are like, well, what did that job entail? That was a bit of a nightmare. So I don't know anything about marijuana, like I said. And uh, I'm about to spoil something here. Shelby Chong does not smoke pot, does not hit the bomb, does none of this. She doesn't care for marijuana. She um, doesn't want the smoke to blow back into her face and age her, even though she's like 80 now. She's beautiful, um, you know, Botox, uh, fillers, all that stuff, but she's very, very beautiful. And she is not a cannabis user. And she portrays herself as, you know, being a stoner and she isn't. So that was weird. And she told me this, but I had to go on Twitter every day as her and talk about marijuana, make marijuana jokes, you know, and I didn't know anything. So I was like, you know, Googling memes and stuff all the time. And very quickly, her page started to gain followers, followers, followers. And with followers comes tweets, 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 and DMs and crazy things. I can't even tell you how many people DM'd this poor woman who was actually just me the whole time asking for money. Like it was insane. Um, And so every day I would engage with Shelby Chung's fans who had questions about Tommy, et cetera. And I would answer their questions. Um, to the best of my own ability and my own knowledge, but I didn't know anything about pot. So basically I felt like a bit of a fraud. It was a job. I was getting paid for it. So I did it. And then she decided that she would like to be on dancing with stars, but she doesn't have enough notoriety to, to do that show, but she wanted me to launch a campaign for her. I did that. It, it didn't work out, but I worked my butt off for very, very little money. Um, and then she wanted to write a beauty blog and I was like, okay, cool. like start your own blog, but except I had to write the blog every week, <laughs> I'm writing blogs about products that I don't use, that I don't know anything about and suggesting them to other people, which is wrong in every sense of the word and like ridiculous. And I just, it, it started to really weigh on me. But I kept doing it because it was a job and as an actor, you know, it's an unstable career. Sometimes you're working, sometimes you're not. So it was a good side gig. Uh, And during this time, I was working on the film um, with their daughter. Excuse me. So let's talk about the film a little bit. We went to LA another time and uh, started, we started filming some stuff for it. And it it looked like it was going to, you know, be kind of a lot of fun, a fun process, a great film to, to make actually. Um, and we crowdfunded and we did all these fun things. I did all the work. Um, (laughs) and then when, after we shot this teaser trailer, which we used for, you know, for the crowdfunding, um, the, the subject matter started to change. Like I was wanting to tell this story about my, my real life, you know, about if you're listening every week, you know, I talk about my grandpa all the time. So I wanted to make a film about him, um, just like the beautiful relationship that we had and, and just how, and how hard it was to lose him 
to, to lose what felt like a piece of myself, um, maybe even the other half of myself. So we were, we were going to make that film, you know, and, and of course he was going to die. And then we were going to tell the story of how I lived with it without him, because I, it was a difficult thing. And um, I still intend, I'm still writing that script and I still intend to make the movie, but I had to dissolve the partnership because, um, you know, if, if you've heard my earlier episodes, I attempted suicide when I was quite young and um, thankfully I failed, but she thought that there, this was funny, like the, that there was something funny about suicide and I didn't think it was funny. And I wanted to dissolve the partnership, but I was so eager to make something and so excited that somebody was interested in, in my story that I didn't know how to dissolve the partnership. So I continued to work for her mom and I continued <laughs> with the partnership haphazardly. And um, then we, you know, we were crowdfunding, as I said. So I went back to LA a third time and um, Tommy and I went to Staples to get some pictures printed up so that he and Shelby could sign them. This is a great story. Um, <laughs> so I'm in the car with Tommy driving down the street and he says to me, do you want to know like some really good advice in life, man? I know this is a really bad impression. And I was like, sure. And then first he proceeds to turn on Snoop Dogg really loud in the car. And then he says to me, if you want something in life, you just got to wait for it, man. Like just sit still and wait for it. And then it'll come to you. And I was just thinking like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like that. And then he, he's like, one time I went out into the sea and I sat at the bottom of the sea and I just stayed really still and all the fish came to me and that's how life is. And that's not how life is. <laughs> you have to work really fucking hard every day, especially, um, if you want to act. So it was bad advice, but in good taste, you know, he, 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 he smoked too much pot and I think his brain's a little fried, but he's such a wonderful man. And so we get to Staples and this girl comes up running and she's like, Oh my God, you're Cheech. And I just, I was kind of like, you know, laughing <laughs> And he didn't correct her. And he stood there for like 45 minutes talking. And he, like, he's just such a good person like that. And I, I loved that about, about this whole situation. If I loved anything, it was Tommy. I mean, we still follow each other. Um, I still wish him all the best in life. He took me to Dancing with the Stars with him, him and his wife. We had so much fun. That was where I met uh, my first ever guest on this show, which was Tom Bergeron and embarrassed myself by pointing at him and saying, oh my God, it's you, which is so weird because I got really super starstruck <laughs> by Tom Bergeron. And I had just met like three or four days prior. I had just met Brian Cranston, who is like a lifelong idol and, uh, you know, someone who's still very active uh, in my life. We'll leave that at that for now. So um, back to the social media stuff. The more I was doing this social media, the more it felt toxic and I didn't like it. And then um, the director who was directing the Brian Cranston film that I had met Brian on 
she sort of urged me and pushed me to dissolve that partnership with, with uh, making the film, but I couldn't do it. I, it's like, I needed somebody to like hold my hand and walk me up the stairs because I was so intimidated by this, uh, this woman, but she realized that my um, interest started to, you know, waver and my um, social media activity for her mom. I, I hadn't been doing it quite as much as I, I was in the past because I just felt like a fraud and a liar and I didn't want to do it anymore. So um, I guess it was a godsend. One day she messaged me and told me that she, by text, by the way, super classy for her age. Um, she texted me and told me that she wanted to dissolve the partnership and she wanted to sue me for half the budget. The only problem with that is it was my money and everything we crowdfunded was all my work. And she had already been asking me for money to overpay her cameraman. I know the rate of her cameraman because she uses the same one for everything she does. And I can also tell you that every single frame shakes because he smokes cigarettes while shooting, which makes no fucking sense. But anyway, um, she was asking me to pay him like $500 for 20 minutes of work. And in the beginning, I was doing it. And then I started to think, I don't really want to waste any more money on this. This is ridiculous. So she dissolved the, the project. And um, when I said that, I, you know, whatever, I'm not giving you any of the money, she threatened to sue me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm blonde, but I ain't stupid. As a matter of fact, I went to Harvard. Fun fact, I went to Harvard. Anyway, not for very long, but I went to Harvard. Um, <laughs> so I knew she didn't have any grounds to sue me. and. Um, her dad had done an appearance for, to help us raise money to the tune of $10,000. And I, um, brokered that I, you know, I, I drawed up the contract. I did everything. And after telling me she was going to sue me, she, um, <laughs> went on to say, I'm glad my dad kept that money. That's right. Her dad kept the money, which is probably the only shady thing he did and probably wasn't even him. I, his family really just uses him as a cash cow, which is really fucking sad. But anyway, um, so I had to tell her that you just incriminated yourself and you didn't have any grounds to sue me in the first place. But anyway, so that dissolved, which of course led to her mom no longer wanting me to work on her social media, which I didn't want to do anymore. Anyway, it's, you know, a spoiler alert, most celebrities, probably like 80% of them don't, that's not them on their Twitter. They are paying somebody like me to pretend they're them and interact with fans. And it's not all of them. Some, some are, you know, genuine and they really want to interact with their fans. Some of them are older and just don't really understand the technology. It's, it, it's just, you know, social media managers. It's a thing. It's a job. I've done it for like three, four, maybe five films now. Um, and I did it for like, as I said, James Maslow of Big Time Rush and a couple of other people, but we're not talking about them. <laughs> so um, for the crowdfunding, we also did a thing where you could like, you know, if you donated so much, get an autographed picture of Tommy and Shelby. Tommy signed every single picture. Shelby did not sign one. What she instead did was instructed me 
to sign the photographs using her name. Now, to be fair, this does happen. Um, agents, you know, are known for doing things like that. I mean, the Spanky Taylor company is known for producing auto penned autographs and things like that. But at the very least, an auto pen will look like the celebrity signature. It will be a reproduction, but it will look the same. I have terrible handwriting. I can't even read my own signature. And now I'm being asked to sign my name as Shelby Chong, which is, it looked like a fucking disaster. Like it was a mess and I did it and I felt slimy and disgusting for sending that out to people. So if you're listening and you have a picture of Tommy and Shelby Chong, where she's dressed like a nurse and you know, it's autographed by her. Congratulations. You have my autograph. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. And it sort of ended there. Um, Her mom decided that I was the antichrist um, because I wanted to dissolve the partnership. So that's what it was like working with the Chongs. It was like constantly having to be um, somebody that I wasn't. And I didn't enjoy it that much. I didn't enjoy it at all. And um, spoiler alert, most of Tommy's tweets are not him. Sorry. But at least he, he stays on brand. And I really, you know, I sent, I sent Tommy like really fun Christmas gifts and we had a lot of fun together. And I think he's a phenomenal human being. So if you ever find yourself wondering whether or not Tommy Chong is a good person, I just want you to know that he's an exceptional person. Um, besides the fact that he wants to smoke joints in a garage with a girl who has never smoked a joint in her life and has no interest in it. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the whole experience. I think Tommy is an exemplary human being um, in a lot of ways. I, I, he's, you know, a pretty good actor and he's like 80 years old, drives a Tesla and, you know, <laughs> rages to Snoop Dogg. That's insane. I, I, I'm trying to like imagine my grandpa at that age hearing like some sort of rap music and just being like, what the fuck? Because that's what he would do. (laughs) That's literally exactly what he would do. He would be like, what the fuck is this? And just change the channel. And he probably wouldn't have been very proud of me for um, lying because I hate lies. And I was on the internet pretending to be Shelby Chong. And that's not an acting, that's not an acting gig. That's a lie because I was, it's just awful. And to this day, I don't think she, I don't think she runs her own socials because she doesn't really know how. So anyway, that's the story. That's how it happened. And that's how it ended. It ended badly, unfortunately, because just someone thinking that suicide is funny is absolutely disgusting and not funny. Um, it actually makes me sick just to even repeat that. Like I, I draw blanks like I just did because I've lost friends to suicide and I very nearly lost myself to it. Um, actually just found out that a uh, girl I was like best friends with for like five years uh, died a couple of days ago by suicide. And I'm thinking about how somebody thought that making a, a, a suicide in a, in a film, a, a joke, 
I can't imagine one person sitting in a theater or in their house or wherever there's a screen seeing that and laughing because it's just not funny. So that was my experience with working with uh, the Chongs, a lot of shady business. Although I do, I do still have actually some signed stuff that Tommy gave me like books and stuff uh, to, to give away from the crowdfund that we just didn't use because I, I shut it down, obviously. And full disclosure, the money remains in a, like a bank account that I do not touch because it is a, it is budgetary funds. And I am going to make the film with, um, I don't mean to sound rude, but bigger and better people. And that's already in the works. So I'm not worried about it. And I'm excited to, to, um, to bring it to life. So this was a short podcast, <laughs> a short story full of scattered thoughts because my brain is scattered all over the damn place, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you laughed. And if you didn't laugh at this, I hope you laughed at something today because a life without laughter is not a life at all. Yeah. I really think that laughing is the best medicine in the whole world. Also, I want to say bucks win, bucks win, bucks win. <laughs> uh, the Buccaneers won the game. They won two weeks in a row. I'm always happy when the bucks win. So I think that's pretty much it for me. I keep doing this, forgetting to say this at the beginning, especially when my brains are scattered. If you've been listening to this on the host website, do me a solid exit and just go listen to it on iTunes or Spotify for like 30 seconds so that we can get that hit. And if you're on uh, iTunes, leave a comment. For some reason, Simon from the Extra Features podcast keeps telling me that this helps. I don't know how it helps, but it helps. So so just do it. Um, As always, this blonde can talk about anything has been brought to you by the TB12 method. Um, unofficially sponsored. Of course, he has no idea. <laughs> officially sponsored by Michael Salberg Family Wines. Now, this is an interesting part. I want to sort of kind of promote two things. Number one, men are ridiculously hard to shop for for Christmas, like ridiculously hard. Um, so I have a friend, his name is Tom, you may know him better as Baron Corbin of WWE. And he has this little shop on Etsy. It's called ignorant gentlemen. So ignorant underscore gentlemen, just Etsy slash ignorant underscore gentlemen head over there. He has all kinds of apparel. He's got like hats, t-shirts, uh, coffee, all kinds of stuff that men will love and reasonably priced. So that's where I'm going to be doing literally all my shopping for all the men that I know, especially the older men. They love the coffee. Like I've already given it to some, some of my friends and they loved it. So you guys need to head over there. If you need to shop for like your dad or your boyfriend, especially if they are a coffee aficionado, which I am not, um, you know, (laughs) I'm not allowed to drink coffee because I'm so naturally hyper that the one time I did drink coffee, I had a, you know, a director look at me and say, did you drink coffee today? And I said, yes. And he said, never again, never again, never again, ever again. And so I never, I never drank it again. I listened, but there are other ways to get caffeine. It's called chocolate, which by the way, I quit. I quit chocolate guys. I'm only eating plant-based chocolate 
and protein bars, which contain very little chocolate, which is great because this is the thinnest I've been since I'm like, I don't remember. (laughs) Um, And I also want to mention, I recently discovered a new artist, not really new, but new to me. Um, You guys all know that song classic. That was like a big hit. And it's like researched on TikTok. Um, the, their, their band name is MKTO. I I'm kind of confused right now. I think it's just the TO that's perf- like making music right now. That TO being Tony Aller, who is amazing person. Uh, he does so many great things and he always needs to have the right words for people in bad situations and stuff. Like he would never trip on words the way I just did. Um, so I wanted to encourage you guys to check his stuff out, um, on socials. So on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, you can find him at follow baller. So let me spell that F O L L O W O L L E R. And he's also issued a challenge. So if you're listening and you're a musician, um, he's got a, a challenge going on where you guys can, make up a new verse to a song, sing the song, whatever. Um, if you head over to the MKTO TikTok, which is just MKTO, there's a video there of Tony explaining everything and you'll get all the information there. And maybe, you know, you'll be the one fe- he'll choose to feature. I have no idea if the MK in MKTO is returning to the band because the TO keeps saying we, but it's possible that he has um, multiple personalities or imaginary friends like me. <laughs> that was a joke. No, he doesn't have multiple personalities. Um, I don't know about imaginary friends, guys. I've been reading Will by Will Smith and uh, learned all about his imaginary friend, Magicker. I'm not going to spoil it. Read the book. It's amazing. I don't know why I'm plugging Will Smith because he really doesn't need my plugs. But anyway, yeah, I want to encourage you guys to check out the uh, follow waller and MKTO stuff. So please, please get on that. Do that. If you have any questions or suggestions for me, you know where to find me on Twitter, a blonde who talks a B L O N D E W H O T A L K S. It never changes. It never changes guys. So let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you'd like to hear, who you'd like to hear from, and I'll do my best to make that happen because I like talking to people. I like talking a lot, but I don't really like talking to myself like I'm doing right now. Well, I guess I'm not really talking to myself. I'm talking to you guys. So that is all for me. That is a wrap. I am going to close this out with a little um, clip from the song classic by mkto i really want to remix that song and change the lyrics to radio so classic yeah i know i can't sing uh have a good day week month year and if you're never gonna listen again have a great life i mean that sincerely bye-bye see you next week well I won't see you, but you'll hear me next week. I want to do you like Michael. I want to kiss you like Brie.